This is In the Locker Room with Wolf. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. We open up the locker room today. Oh, we're back in the big boy chair. Oh, I like this. This is nice. You know, I mean, we go from that little coffin of a studio street. and I feel like you're in a coffin, don't you? (laughs) And, of course, that would be Ninja Jacob, who is joining me here today. And, of course, um, we we extend our condolences again out. Uh, Max Starks is taking today off again. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, His father, Ross Browner, again, passed away uh, two nights ago. And, uh, again, great. Uh, we extend our condolences and great love out to Max and his family, the Browner family and the Cincinnati organization, because Ross Browner truly was uh, a terrific guy and a terrific player. Uh, and um, so the loss of any family member is always one that, uh, boy, boy, it's always tough to take. So, But it's nice to be in the big boy chair yet again. No, oh, I like this. Got a little room to move here. You know, I mean, like I can fit in wherever. I mean, I'm, I'm about... <laughs> You're four, a lean I, four, dude. Four of me is about one of you, so I can <laughs> you can put me in any room. And, and for those who don't know, we've got how many rooms in this studio now? There's in a lot. Building? I don't know. I can't count. We've got three big boy studios. We got about a dozen little boy studios. So fit me in the little boy studio. I'm happy. <laughs> Jacob's but here. But I, I know you need your space. I mean, we were spoiled in the old building because we we just had the one room that was ours. Lots of room to move around. <laughs> lots of room to swivel in those chairs, but. Now it's everyone's got to share. It's, you but know. you know what's even better, though? Now you can join me in the studio. There's not a glass right. in, in between right. us. That's the good part that T- I like. That's today. Yeah, uh, this well. is the, I think the only time that we'll be together <laughs> in the same room on air together. Every <laughs> other time, it's no longer just – it's either – it's either one spectrum or the other. There's no middle middle ground with the glass. It's either we're in the same room or we're across the hall in completely Down, different rooms. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you remember yesterday? You're sprinting back into the oh troll room, goodness. and you tell me, go, and then you tell me, eh, we're off. And it, right. it was so funny. You get your, you got a lot of cardio yesterday. Oh, absolutely. Oh, see, I love the new studio. I, I don't have to work out anymore. I can just go to work every day and just run <laughs> between studio to studio. That's That's my workout. You know what I love? You do the the you do the roller thing, right? Yeah, because I, I, I got I got a big wheel of those at home. You know, I mean, uh, seriously. how much bigger do you need it? Well, I mean, it's it's one of these things that you, you know, for athletes, you roll out on your knees. You call, you're saying I'm not an athlete? <laughs> no, I'm. I I'm try. A, I'm a fat guy. I need. <laughs> it's like I need four wheel drive for that thing, right? It's extra heavy duty. What I laugh about was the first time I heard about the the ab wheel rollout. Okay, it because it oh, it's the greatest uh-huh. uh, ab contraction you can get. Okay, really? yes, it is without a doubt. It See, is... I just saw it Amazon like seventeen. Oh, months. really? I said next day delivery. Give me that. You know who used to do it all the time? Ronald Reagan. Really? Back in the day, the Gipper used to roll out, do that thing. Funniest story was told was uh, George uh, Herbert Walker, H W. Yeah, he yeah. comes in right. And and Reagan shows him the, the 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 thing and you know does it. So anyhow, Reagan goes on another part, and wouldn't you know it, George H. W. goes and he he gets the wheel, looks around, nobody looking. He rolled out, he went right down, cracked his nose right. At the <laughs> so I've avoided that because the 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 very intense version of that is not putting your knees on the ground. Yes, right. You just kind of roll out without. From, have you done it from a stand? 
No, I cannot do that. See, I, I, See, not... I start with my knees on the ground like a girl push-up. You know what I mean? I, I, I cannot trust myself because I feel like as soon as I do the full extension, I'm just going to fall right in the ground. Even though it's, you know, I'm only two or three centimeters or two inches above the ground. Right. I'm so scared. It's, well, it's harder, too. What you do is you do it progressively against the wall. Have you ever tried that? No. If you're going to do it from stand-up. Go where you can go, and it, you know, it'll be just a little bit, and then roll back. And do that for some days, and little by little, you increase the distance. Uh. And that way, you keep from cracking your nose. I know this because back in my jujitsu days, when I had my gym, yeah. and I was down to 220, 218. I mean, it's crazy. I was, I was, can you Whoa. imagine that? I was like 100 pounds lighter. So, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen like the archive footage of you and Tunch back in the day on yeah. the field where you were younger, but I can't even imagine. We're, 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 we're here on Wayne Wednesdays, you know, trying to crack 300, and you're telling me you were down to 220 at one point? Oh, yeah. Well, to get your black belt I feel belt like you were 220 was... at, like, age six or something. I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back in the day, to, to pass my, my jiu-jitsu test, it was three hours. It was oh, a wow. one-minute rest on the hour. Oh, my God. You know, and it was, it was brutal. And so it just takes weight off you naturally because I started yeah. off – I was like 290 when I started off in my pursuit of. of so uh, you got Black down Bell. to 220. I got down to 220. Wow. And it was funny because even Tunch was going, dude, you okay? You all right? You're looking <laughs> you know, st- I, I bet you were looking like sickly, right? I know. I know. And it was like people would go, you sure you're okay? I go, yes, I'm okay. Now. You're in the best shape of your life. I was. you were okay. I was. Now I'm even better because I'm a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just a walking yeah, no donut. No worries, man. It's like it's we like got my a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> right down the street, man. My daughter Megan, she said to me, "Remember, just remember, Dad. Some people are built for speed. Some of us are built for comfort." She goes, "You're built for comfort." <laughs> I see no problem with the issue. I got no problems with that either. Well, it's good to have you here in the locker room, Jacob yes. and I. We are uh, just manning the control. Well, he's manning the controls. I'm just hanging out. No, Wolf. I mean. Don't give yourself too little credit, man. You're doing a lot over there. <laughs> yeah. You got your uh, headphones set up all by yourself. I, I did. You, you remember know, uh, to plug them in today. That's a that's a good day, you know? For us, that's a that's a good start moment, to the day. Oh you remember man. Remember the moment when you were running around frantically trying to get me on the air, frantically trying to get me to hear, and I'm sitting there going, I can't hear, and then you hold up the plug oh, the man. plug in. See, there was something else I was dealing with before that, before our show even started, and I was a little wired to begin right, with. Right, you were jacked up a little. And then that happens, and and it, it was kind of good because it just relieved all that stress. It was just, nothing's ever that wrong. You, you just got to work through it, and that was just a really good problem to have because the solution was just so easy. It couldn't believe that was a problem I had to deal with. <laughs> you put that right in front of my face. Like, if, if, if it was actually a problem with, like, the wiring or something, right. I, I would have gone mad trying to oh. figure it out because I had that compounded on whatever problem I was already dealing with. Right. I would have I <laughs> gone home, you know, just hands on the wheel, gripping them as if I was about to break the wheel in my car. But that problem, I'm telling you, man, it was like reverse psychology. It just completely eased all my tension. <laughs> it, was, it was spectacular. Oh, it was great. That it look was great. on your face was, I wish I could have gotten a picture. I wish so, too, because because it, it was it was a combination of emotions. It was, it was disbelief with relief. Really? Exactly. You got disbelief. That's it. 
Oh my you know heavens! What we gotta do. We got. We have to start making a in the locker room dictionary. Oh yeah. For Just every time, that's that's on me. I gotta start logging every time we come up with a new a new thing, and then by the end of the year, we'll we'll send a letter to Webster's say, hey, what do you what can do you, you guys think? These? What do what you, do you guys think? think? Yeah, can, how about Scrabble? Maybe we could add this to the oh, Scrabble great list, idea. huh? Scrabble will probably be a little more welcoming. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, well, let's get down to business, mm-hmm. shall we? To some sort of business. Uh, coming off the uh, who are now currently uncoveted. All right, because that would be a new word too. We could like there maybe it is. scrabble it. Here, hold on. Let me un- uncoveted. <laughs> All right, first entry of the day. Yes. So we have uh, Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, Chris Wormley. We got Arthur Mullet, Zach Banner, and Anthony McFarland. You know what? Um, this is interesting because you take a look at the inside linebacker position, and they mm-hmm. went in with uh, you know you had Robert Spillane, you had UG three, and you had um, Marcus Allen. And they did a pretty darn fine job against a pretty potent running attack. Though, again, one of the one how of the much, greatest mysteries is how much do you credit our guys compared to thanking Kevin Stefanski for neglecting Nick Chubb? Why would you do that? That's... You know, some guys just want to play three D or five D chess when all they have to do is play checkers. Well, they they just overthink themselves. Point. You know what I mean? You know that's my problem. I overthink all the time. <laughs> I don't. Uh, you yeah, do. You're not believing that one. No. I mean, think about it. Yeah. When Nick Chubb is averaging eight yards per carry in the first half, but he's doing so to the tune of only four carries, you can't make sense of it. No. And then he finishes the day with 12 carries, so at least he doubled his carry amount in the second half. But still, Nick Chubb is, is a guy kind of like Najee Harris. Anytime you see only 12 carries on a statute at the end of the day, you're thinking, why the hell Harris only get the ball 12 times? You know, you you don't want to give Nick Chubb the ball only 12 times if he's your best player available to you, especially when Baker is getting sacked nine times. That's the the mystifying thing is you got a, a wounded duck quarterback mm-hmm. who's obviously having issues and you're not protecting him at all. But you can run the ball, and the game is not that far out of reach at, at any no, point not at until all. towards the end. I mean, yes, the Steelers did what they hadn't done for five games straight. They scored a touchdown in the first half, but it was only 10 nothing. It was never out of control, as you said. It was never out of reach for the Browns, and it really wasn't until that Najee Harris touchdown at the end of the game where it really put Najee the game put away. away. But still, I mean, that game was anyone's game until I guess the very, very end when the uh, when the Steelers made that fourth down stop and then Najee got the touchdown. You know, the beautiful thing about the Najee touchdown mm-hmm. that was just the putting the boots to the opponent that we've been missing. That ability to separate right. yourself Stomp, at the end. Yeah. Give and yourself then, that final exactly. cushion. Sure. Now, what was the difference? I'm trying to figure out because at the end of the first half uh, or somewhere in the second quarter there, they they had like a first and goal and they threw the ball like three straight times. The Steelers did, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was really questionable too was the way they got to that point. They, the, they ran they the ball down the throat. To go, they, they ran the ball with Najee Harris, of course. That, that came on the drive of which he had that 30-yard carry with that nasty stiff arm on the sideline. Yes. And you don't, you got to wonder how, how – Speaking the it's, language of love, exactly. I mean, you're 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 overthinking the situation. You ha- you've you've done what you can do up to that point is run the ball successfully, and then you just shy away from it when you only have five yards to go. That was amazing to me, and it was like the difference of the two. It was like 
I don't know. It was like one of those movies you got the Judd position where you got something mm-hmm. revealed early, something late, I, and I don't understand all the things. I forgot my class. It was in uh, high school, I actually had a okay. film class. Right. That was way long ago. But regardless, it was perfect towards the end because it was the coup de grace. That was yes. the finishing blow. And it was done by Najee on the ground, and it was absolutely perfect on. I mean, that's what you want to see from your big time back. How about the fact that it took until week 17 for the Steelers to have a win by more than uh, two scoring plays? Was it really? Yeah, it was a 12-point win. I think their largest victory up until that point was seven points, and that came against Buffalo in week one. True. The, the That's only true. other, The only time all season the Steelers were ahead by two scores at the end of the game came all the way at week 17. So, I mean, to your point about Najee Harris, how it felt great to have that final touchdown, it really did because it was the only time all year <laughs> long the Steelers have done that. Well, the you know. Have put a game away like that. Exactly. And that's that's so much a part of a offense learning how to do that. Not just the coordinators, but the units being able to mm-hmm. f- put the finishing blows to what you need to do. It was almost like in the first half, you go three passes from the the, the low red zone there. Ah, that's not good, right? I mean, you you got a chance to put the boots to them right there. You can stomp on them right there yeah. and, and get yourself up. What burn 17? some clock, even yeah. if you don't get in on the first or second time. But exactly, keep the clock going. But then you do it at the end of the game, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, I hope you learned from that, and I hope you're able to use that because certainly I got to tell you, there were some things there that I thought offensively. One of the great things about it was it was I think it was simpler. I think they just yes. went at it. You had multiple tight end formations. You didn't rely quite so heavy. It appeared to me, anyhow, uh, without counting each and every formation. But instead of the 11 personnel where you got one one back and, and one tight end, uh, you know, you went multiple tight end off. And I love that. When you got a Zach Gentry, the the 6'12", and you got the Muth, the Friar Muth, right? That's a great, great combination where you can run and pass. And the passing combo, if you ever watch them on the inside, mm-hmm. they'll put two of them on the same side. One will run a seam, one will run an in pattern. And you run the with the 612 and you let the Friar Muth pick one of those windows. That's a guaranteed eight, ten yards Absolutely. every time. And that's, as you and Billy like to say on the calls, that's a win on first down. Even it if is. you don't get the first down. Five-plus yards on the first down is always considered a win. Oh, absolutely. And, Matter of fact, I mean, in my day, it was four. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how the well, game inflation has changed. Might, inflation exactly. might have changed. No, you're absolutely, the game has changed. I mean, with passing becoming a more prevalent oh, part of huge. the offense, yeah. people are able to move the ball down more effectively and more efficiently through the air. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't shock me at all that four yards on first down absolutely should have been considered a win. Well, the whole the idea, day. yeah, there's no doubt about it. What I used to love, we used to get in third and threes. And in my day, third and threes were you got a run pass option. You know, I mean it was it was nice because you 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 could literally and we ran the ball well back in the eighties and so forth. That was a bigger part of the NFL was the mm-hmm. running game. Was was the fact that it took the pressure off of always, you know, the pass protection and so forth. Um, you had that opportunity to be able to run for the first down, and that was always good because it really made the defense have to hunker down mm-hmm. and then go through their keys. They had they come off. Right. You start with the run keys, and then you move the pass keys. Whatever it is, you got to flip it, you know. So, but certainly, I I I'm I'm looking at this, and uh, I think of you got Devin Bush, you got Joe Schobert coming off the list, which is going to be interesting to see how they work out the mm-hmm. uh, division of labor. Because yeah. no matter what you say, that first play from scrimmage, Bobby Spillane shoots the gap and throws uh, Nick Chubb down for a loss. Yeah, I mean, right there, then and there, it made a statement that things aren't going to be quite the same.
No, and you know? and you're at, and like it set the tone. First play for the Browns. It wasn't just on the first drive. It wasn't a couple. First play for the Browns. Nick, uh, loss of two yards for yeah. for Nick Chubb, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, you know the thing about it is it really sets the tone, like you said. And uh, you know what? Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Devin, what they're going to do with Joe Schobert, because those obviously are, are contributors that you need. Mm-hmm. You need uh, the, the ability. I know that uh, Devin's got the the pass coverage capabilities, so forth, and and so does Joe. I don't know, but I know this: Spillane's got to play. So, having said that, we got to go to break, yeah. my friend. Let's do it. Well, all right, we'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Okay, did you hear? I'm already nervous. All right, all right that, that little Christopher Columbus thing, okay? Yes, I 1493, did. the dude is sailing down around the Dominican Republic, okay? So you're down there, you've been at, at sea, I know, for uh-huh. a couple months, I don't know, half the year, whatever it takes. To come on over from Spain, whatever it is. So you're cruising over, you're down around the Dominican Republic, and all of a sudden you sight what you think are three mermaids. Right? You got mermaids. mermaids? What did you see? You don't believe in mermaids? No, absolutely. Uh, Here's the thing. Where's the imagination? (laughs) But but here's where's where's, where's, where's the manatees? Ingenuity, come on. They're manatees, right? And, And Columbus says, Chris says, okay. Um, you know what? Them mermaids aren't half as beautiful as they're painted. Uh, duh, they're manatees. That's why. All right, but I, I mermaids are still out there somewhere. We just haven't gotten to that. Point. Okay. You know, you know how incredible is this? What's that? The human race knows more about outer space than it does its oceans. Its oceans. That a fact. And we obviously haven't explored more of space because there's infinite space out there. Right. But we have. We have. We know more about space than we have our ocean. Isn't that wild? Like, it's we're, very we're, incredible. We are right here on planet Earth, but we, we That's know That's outer more. space and inner space, kind of yeah. like. So I'm saying, we don't know if mermaids don't <laughs> exist or not. Mermaids could be just way, way, way down in some trench and some and some underwater civilization you never know wolf you never well, if you got mermaids then you gotta have mermen right i mean that's yeah just... i think it's all like one and the same that that would yeah mermaids i think i just the gender neutrality nowadays oh, oh I... heavens don't even get me started don't get <laughs> I will, me started I will, i'm not trying to trick you or anything <laughs> or get you canceled but i just say i say mermaids i mean both okay i'm gonna pose this last little bit to you though just closing this thought out all right, all right. you're chris columbus you're, you're on a long voyage and all this stuff you cite what you think are mermaids. You realize that they're not near as good-looking as what you think that they are because they're painting it or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the, the, the ladies in Spain at that time weren't really, you know, I mean, because if you're sitting there thinking that's that's a, that's a babe a with whiskers point. coming out there, I don't know. I'm just saying. I ain't maybe, saying, but I'm saying. Maybe, maybe these are just really good-looking manatees. <laughs> Let's not be so let's, quick to judge the females in Spain. Maybe we got to give credit to the manatees in the, and, and the we'll new just, world. We'll leave it there. I like that. That's a good way to leave it. Okay. All right. So we talked about in the last segment. We were talking about the uh, uncoveted guys: uh, Bush, Joe Schobert, Chris Wormley. Who, by the way, I'm so glad he's back, and not for any other reason than the fact that he has really 
been coming on, and I, I look for him to be able to continue his, his uh, excellent, his very good play. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk came along and did some great stuff in this last game um, and, and got a lot of good snaps. But you need Chris Wormley uh, coming down here, and especially because of the fact that the last time he played against his own team, that his former team, that I should say, Best had, game of his career. Yeah, was it two and a half, three sacks, Steelers, something like three, that? I think it was three and a half sacks Okay, that day, something so like think that. about that. And, of course, you know that Mike Tomlin was poking the Bears we talked about yesterday. Absolutely. You know, saying they traded you in in the division. They're going to see you twice a year. They don't think much of you. Well, you know what, Chris Wormley, you got to pull that one out again and get that mojo just cooking. When that trade happened last year, I think that was the first trade between the two teams since the division realignment. Right, since they Could became be. AFC North rivals, I would think so. There's no reason why something like that. Yeah, you don't do that. You right? don't. You don't trade inner division. Not only inner division, but to your biggest rival for oh, the yeah. past 15 years. Maybe it wasn't since like 2002 when it was the Browns and the Bengals and the Ravens and the Steelers, but has to be at least since the Harbaugh and Tomlin era started in 2007, 2008. I would think so. I don't. I cannot think of a single other guy because. May, uh, the only guy I can think of, right, is Mike Wallace. But Mike Wallace went to Miami first, yeah, and then I think he was in Minnesota, and then he ended up in Baltimore. Right, so that and wasn't the Steelers a direct, didn't trade. No, that wasn't a direct. And yeah, right, Wallace was a free agent. He left, but that wasn't a direct here. Take Mike Wallace. That's the only other guy I really think. The of. only thing I can think of, I, I think we got James Harrison off of the Ravens the, practice the, squad or something like that. I thought that. it was the Bengals, right? The well, second, he went well, to the, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Bengals. right. You're right. Well, but, well, after he got dropped by the Steelers, yes, he got cut. He by got the Steelers. picked up by yes. the Ravens, but only on their practice squad. Right. right. He he actually ended up in in NFL Europe for a little while, yes. which he absolutely detested. That <laughs> he didn't like that at all. I, I mean, James Harrison was meant to play football in the National Football absolutely. League, so I can imagine how frustrating it would have felt for him playing ball overseas. Oh, there's no question. If you know you're capable of playing at the pro level, at the best level, you don't want to be playing anywhere else. The only thing I, I, the only, the only thing I disagreed with James is uh, he didn't like the German food. I love German cooking. Brats, right? Oh, brats and sauerkraut and all that sort of stuff. I, have you ever gone to the Hofbrauhaus in Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you man. know it, man. You bring out them slabs of you got the pork and you got the beef those, and the those, sauerkraut and everything. Those steins, right? They call steins the beers. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, those I those like, big, big, oh, big know. things. Those are called signs. Those are like, you know, I said I'm like four of me is one of you. Four of those things is like one of me. Oh, my God. They're huge. And uh, they fill you up because it's like the heavy beer, too. Oh, I don't you, know. You can go. You don't, you don't like that stuff? Yeah, I just, I like the pork. Oh, I like, I, I, I go down for the crowd. But the polka band. Did you hear the polka of band? Of course. The you polka band not, was great. You're not going to the Hopper house if you're not hearing the polka band. <laughs> I love that. Exactly so. All right, so we're getting back to the COVID list, and we got ourselves Wormley back, which I think is yes. important. Six-sack type guy, guy capable of putting in some big performances. Another guy that I like is Arthur Millette. You know, Millette it was a, an important guy. Although, think about this. We had a Kella Witherspoon come up and have some – had Jeez. a great game, just a great game. I don't know what's happened, but it seems like a trigger almost went off in him where he is not only creating turnovers, but he's having some key pass breakups in the secondary too. I mean, I know Baker wasn't having his best day, so you I don't know how much credit you want to give to Akella versus Baker throwing the ball, but 
man, I, he was making plays on guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and yes. Jarvis Landry on key downs, on third downs, or on, on second and, and longs where they were trying to make up significant yardage. I don't know what happened, but I think moving forward, I mean, you brought this guy in as kind of a cushion to beef up your depth in the secondary, but now moving forward, I think you have to bring the guy back for another year at well, least. Well, he looks very interesting to me. You Look, they played more man coverage against the Browns than I remember in a long mm-hmm. time. And he, this, this guy just seemed to sizzle with some of that. Uh, Why do you think that is? Why do they go man when there wasn't really that great of a, a threat? Because I feel like when you're going up against Minnesota, you know, when you have Justin Jefferson or, or if, the, if the Titans had had A.J. Brown, that's the kind of day where you want to go man versus man because you don't want the guy to escape into the zone. But there's no real target. In, in in Cleveland, they got rid of Odell, so make make, make sense of that. You're, you're the football player, yeah. Here. Because well, the fact of the matter is, there, you you said it. There's nobody that stands out that like, okay, we got to be careful. We got to double coverage this guy. We got to be over the top of yeah, underneath okay. this guy. Got to bracket so and so and all the stuff. It's all about um, the the chub. You know, it's yeah, all about right. being able to make sure if you can keep if you can keep Baker Mayfield in the pocket. He's got obvious issues. He's, he's not that tall. We saw that. he So many balls got batted down. I think it was five of them mm-hmm. got batted down. So you're already limiting what they can do. You don't have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, Jarvis Landry, for whatever's going on, is not doing a whole lot No, there. he's not. He All is right? not the guy that he he once was way back when. Yeah, he's, he's he looks like he's slowed down. He's just not the same player. He needs a guy like Odell Beckham. He does. He needs a second fiddle. He needs someone like a Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson so that all the pressure's not on him because he's clearly the number one guy. But on a good amount of other NFL teams, he will not be the number one guy. No, it's not just anymore. because there's so little, uh, there's so little pieces around him left in Cleveland. And let's face it, you know, it's not like Baker had a lot of time to fight. No, anybody. he did not. No, he you know. So not. the fact of the matter is, um, I like, I like. Uh, Arthur Mollette coming back like that. I love the fact that Zach Banner could come. We finally got an opportunity to see power blocking at its finest. Yep. We saw multiple tight ends. We saw the ability for some guys to uh, do as they should do. That would be, of course, being uh, Najee Harris, just standing, pile pushing, and driving through. He hit Grant Delpit so many times, uh, oh, you know, uh, in the in the A and B gaps. They had these mono mono meetings there, and Grant Delpit. Every time was was driven back. I thought that was sensational. That was that was Najee Harris at his finest, and we've seen his this guy now. Uh, he is the Steelers Joe Green Award winner, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's fourth in the NFL with a one thousand one hundred seventy-two yards on two hundred ninety-six mm-hmm. carries, but he's also got seventy receptions. Yes. That's, he he, he has, leads the think, backs with receptions. I think he has 440 or 420 yeah. receiving 440, yards. you're right. Yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't shock me, Wolf, if this guy could eclipse. I mean, he, we already know he got the rookie uh, rushing record. He broke Franco's record. Yeah. That, that included getting over the 1,000-yard mark. But how about it if somehow he gets 60 receiving yards on Sunday against Baltimore and your rookie year you go over 1,000 yards receiving? That's beautiful. That's this, terrific. This, this is what we expected of him, but not in his first year. No, I, and I'll tell you the truth. I didn't expect him to be the, the pass catcher that he's been. No, not at all. You know? I mean, what, you said 70 pass receptions? 70. 
I mean, you gotta be you kidding guys, me. You have guys who are playing wide receivers who consider themselves lucky and blessed to get 70 receptions on a year. I mean, long ago that the leading receiver in the NFL by the season's end had barely cracked 100, yeah. and that's a receiver. Najee right. Harris is a running back who has still one more game and is already at 70 receptions. Think about this. Man's got 366 touches. You know, that is an awful lot. That speaks to your tenacity, your ferocity, and your durability. I mean, this guy, that's amazing to think that you could touch the ball that many times, be it running or catching, and yet still, when you watch him as a three-down back, he is so productive in picking people up in the pass in uh, in passing lanes. I remember when the the, the Friermuth catch. I think it was uh, Cleveland or was it Cincinnati? The the, the touchdown. Yeah, the that touchdown. Was, that was Cleveland. That was the game yes, winning. That was exactly. a go ahead touchdown because yeah. because Miles Garrett was coming off the right. edge and Najee picked him up and gave Dan Moore some help. Right, Dan he, Moore he who had been having that. a good day. Right, we got to give Dan Moore credit for taking care of Miles Garrett not oh, yeah. just once but twice. In, yes. in two games, but yes, Najee Harris made arguably the game-saving block with with bringing in that extra help to help out Dan Moore. No question. And I love that because that that's not just being the ball carrier. That's not just being the pass receiver. That's being a football player. That's being a football player. That's exactly being, that's so. being a Swiss Army knife. You, you can run <laughs> the ball, you can catch the ball, but you can also provide the protection needed for your quarterback. And let's be honest, if Dan Moore is out there on an island by himself, he had done a good job. But Miles Garrett was going to get home to Ben Roethlisberger on that play. We all saw it. Coming. There's no question. You saw that. And that added time gave the Friar Muth the time to Just post up in the court, back second, end. Of the, yeah. ah, that's all the difference that's needed. Mm-hmm. You know those those moments in the pocket. They're like they're like heartbeats. I mean, you think about it. You Ben gets the ball off in like two point three, two point two, somewhere in there. I mean, that's one thousand one, one thousand two, boom. You know, you're getting the ball off. And that's amazing to me. People wonder why they keep throwing short of the sticks while he throws so fast. And part of it has been, you know, they've had some issues offensive line-wise. But they're getting better. They're going to get better. They're young guys. The one thing I can't tell you enough of, when you've got three young guys on the offensive line, when you had the Kevin Dotson, now, you know, you've had the big LeGlue in there. But you got young guys in there. It's It, it takes some time, and uh, it's it's a diligent effort to – Go all season long. So, certainly, I would say that. Uh, let's see where are we at time wise. We're, we're we good. Getting, we can we can head oh, to break if you want. Okay, then we, we can keep talking for another hour. No one's thinking, <laughs> the guy in charge is sitting right here. That's right. That's true. You're sitting right in front of me. You didn't give me the thumbs up. All right, we're gonna Why go you to got break. Lost in the conversation. Well, that's you're good. the one who thought of it. I you were trying to make a point, and then all of a sudden you got in your head about. You know, you know what happened? I shook my head, and then all, all the screws and bolts uh, kind of went loose. That's it. And then all of a sudden, I go, what am I doing? Okay. We'll be back with more. You got Jacob sitting over there. He's sitting in for Max Starks. Of course, I'm sitting in for myself, and we'll be back with more right here. Sitting in for yourself. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, T.J. Watt gets named the AFC's Defensive Player of the Week for the third time this year. 
after that tremendous game against the Browns. But think about this. In three games, all right, three, there's three – those games um, that he was the defensive player of the week. He had nine sacks total, nine tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. This guy is, is special juice, man. This guy is. Got- well, I mean, he leads the league in tackles for loss. He leads the league in quarterback hits. He leads the league in sacks. He's third in the league in and fumbles and reco- force fumbles. He's first in the league in and and fumble recovery. Should I go on, Wolf? You're doing great. I, I love know, it. I don't know the I don't know the numbers. We don't even pass, need we don't need a pass, fact checker. Passes defended. I mean, <laughs> you. I think you made the point during the broadcast, or maybe it was uh, on Tuesday morning with Max. One of you made the point saying. It's passes defended should usually be the number should be higher for guys like D backs, secondary guys. Right. It's TJ Watt and, and, and Cam Hayward who is lead, who's leading the team in passes defended. It's amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you saw it. I, I, I only got to see it, it, it on the TV, but the one pass deflection that, that TJ had uh, on the line of scrimmage where he just made this. He backed this, off. This, the one he backed off right, on. Right. And then extend this ridiculous extension of the arm he made to, to take it down, and then he kind of stared down Baker Mayfield. Did you right, see? And pointed at him and said, you got to throw the ball higher, man. You're too short. Short, yes. You're too short. That, you that's, I thought he higher. said that. I yeah, wasn't sure. But that's what it li- lip reading wide, that's that's what it looked like. You're too short. I think, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if that would have qualified for taunting. <laughs> so Tom made a really good point on our show the other day on The Standard. He said, Maybe the refs were a little too distracted by how otherworldly or unhuman-like of a move T.J. Watt made on his body in order to extend to knock that ball down that they were just caught in disbelief. They weren't even watching T.J. and Baker interact. They kind of got a little mystified by it. I wonder because, you know, you could get... You get in trouble taunting shorter people. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Look who you're talking to. People don't know. I'm, I'm not the tallest guy in the room. Uh, well, I'm, just, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But here's what yeah, I am I'm just saying. saying. I hear you. What I liked was, you know, TJ shows you all sort of facets of his uh, playmaking ability. You see, um, you see his technique and his speed and his power when he when he bull rushes and gets underneath and drives a big guy like Hudson, that offensive tackle right in the lap of Baker Mayfield. You see his technique and his smart ability to trap the hands down and get the edge on the arc when he rushes around and then he sacks Baker Mayfield. And you see his strategery available there when he recognizes that down distance and personnel formation, and he's going to run a twist, but he backs off because he realizes he's on a three-wide receiver side. They're going to throw at the sticks most likely, and he gets in a passing lane uh, and, and makes that ridiculous move like you're talking about. Now, those are things, those are qualities that, not everybody recognizes, or not everybody can certainly um, manifest, uh, but TJ does so in a way that is just, I don't know. I mean, how do you account for, in three games, three out of the 11 games that you've played in? Now, he's played 11 full games. He's missed two games and parts of others. So in 11 full games that he's, that he's played in, um, this guy has been three times the defensive player of the week. I mean, that's you know what that equates to an eventual defensive player of the year award. It's got to be. It's got to be. Man. So Tom and I have this discussion on the standard a lot. The last two years, 
you could have made the argument easily for T.J. Watt to win right. Defensive Player of the Year. The first year was questionable, giving it to Stephon Gilmore. We discussed on our show saying, you're playing Patriots, you're the right. best defense in football. If you're the best player on that defense, you kind of have to give it to that guy. Kind of like how Troy Polamalu won it in 2010, kind of like how James Harrison won it in 2008. So... It also helps when you're playing under a guy like Bill Belichick and a lot of name recognition. Right. If Stephon Gilmore's playing in Minnesota, Jacksonville, he's not getting that kind of recognition. That's and a good I think point. it goes to TJ Watt. Last year, you're going up against a guy named Aaron Donald, who's won it, I think that was his third time. Yeah. So once you've already won it, it's kind of like a, a snowball effect. They're they're more than eager to give it to you again. And that's what happened to that's what happened to older brother JJ Watt at the beginning of his career, right? At the beginning of this decade. So now I think even though he was more than capable or more than deserving of it the last two years, th- there is no way I will hear an argument against him winning it this year. There can't be. There's just no other reason. When you out of, let's see, how, what's the percentage? Three out of 11. Was that third? Or, it's or it's so? a little less than a third. Okay. A little less than a third. A little less than a third. You are the AFC's defensive mm-hmm. player of the week. I got to tell you something. I mean, that, that alone, plus the fact he's standing on the precipice of possibly uh, annihilating. Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, he's got, he's going to, I believe so. But annihilating Mike Strahan's 22 and a half, which, you know, that's like OJ Simpson and his 2,000 right. yard. You that, know what I mean? Or Chris that, Johnson. That's like uh, now uh, Barry Bonds' home run record. That's right. like Wilt Chamberlain being the all-time scorer in the NBA. That's like Wayne Gretzky being the all-time scorer in, in the NHL. Those records are not touched. We thought those were unbreakable, right? And now here T.J. Watt is. And another thing, you, you've you seen now Michael Strahan. He's not on planet Earth right now. You know where he is? Where? He's in outer space. Didn't you see that? What? He, I don't know if he's there right now. But he got to oh, go minute, on a trip. The, yes. He the, got to go the to Blue outer space. Horizon yes. or something like that. Yes. That Jeff Bezos or Bezos right. or whatever. So, where's TJ's ride? Yeah, really. I mean, I mean, hey, that's shouldn't a good they point. have shouldn't they have waited a little bit for to see, by the end of the season to say, Shrahan, if TJ Watt doesn't break the record, that, that seat is yours. Well, he's back. He's back already. I know, but I'm no. saying they should have waited to oh, take I that see. trip because True. They were they were going to take the all time single season sack leader in Michael Strahan, but they should have, I believe, waited for the season to be over because T.J. Watt's about to break that record. <laughs> I think T.J. Watt now deserves a little trip to outer space with with Mr. Bezos. There you go. Oh, you know, I got there's one thing I'd like to ask Strahan. Did you see any space maids while you were up there? <laughs> you know, I mean, the, you got Chris Columbus seeing mermaids, right? You know, and space we're talking maids, about yeah. inner space and outer space. Space maids. I don't know. You know, it's possible. Yeah, you just never we know. Don't, we don't you're cru- know. You're cruising around up there, and yeah, you know, who knows what yeah, to see. I don't see. know if he's back, or I don't know if that was a here. You can just come up for the view, and then you come right back down, or if they're out there for an extended they're, time or something. Uh, they, they weren't there very long. No. Yeah, I guess. It I just think TJ Watt deserves a little trip to outer space. That that would be pretty cool. You know, I, would you do it? I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't go up no. even Are for like a couple me? of hours no. to experience that that zero gravity. No feeling? man, I'd that'd probably puke. Cool. I'd probably like you that'd know. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be you, a big yak in like my roller space. Coasters? Did you like roller coasters? I as did a kid? when I was younger. Now at my advanced age of sixty-three. Oh, see, 
your advanced age, I went to Kennywood with my younger cousins, I think, three summers ago. So I was at a ripe old age of 23 at the time. And I had gone to the potato patch, obviously loaded up there, and then went on... It wasn't just a ride. It was one of those, you know, you you sh- you sit down, you strap it, just rotate, bad move. and it going up and down. Yeah. And I got off, and I said, "I'm done for the day. I'm done. I'm done." I I've ne- I, I never thought I'd be that old geezer to say I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but potato patch fries that were sitting in my stomach, freshly digested or yep. or freshly taken down, but. Boy, oh boy, I'll never make that mistake. I can tell again. you this much. You you rode my favorite ride, the, the potato patch ride. <laughs> That's your favorite. The line of the potato patch. That's I love the ride. it. That's my ride, baby. <laughs> so I just won't, if I go up, I won't eat potato patch fries before I go. That's now see, that's indelibly implanted in your gourd. Yes. So anytime you're up there and you start to think about it, you're gonna like, oh, no. Me, on the I'm other not, hand. I'm not swearing <laughs> off potato patch fries. Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, so the fact of the matter is you've got we've got uh, T.J. Watt has posted all these great numbers. He's got to, and I believe um, I believe he will be the defensive player of the year. I think he has to be. But you know what? You got an opportunity coming in. You're looking at uh, the most sacked quarter uh, quarterbacks in 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 the league with mm-hmm. uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Right. They've got they're they've allowing given the most sacks per 54 game. Fifty four yeah. sacks they've given up. 54. How about that? So the Steelers have, I think, 52 sacks on the year. Could you yes. imagine watching your quarterback get hit that many times every year? Or I guess this year? That would be bad. That would be bad. And you and think about it. I mean, it didn't start. It, it, it included Lamar Jackson. It absolutely included yeah. Lamar Jackson. And I believe I saw yesterday the injury report yeah. for the Ravens. He didn't practice yesterday. Did not practice. So I don't know the likelihood that he'll go out there. If I'm Baltimore knowing my chances of making the playoffs are pretty much slim to none. Now, you never say never because here we are in Pittsburgh saying, you know, we still got a chance, but we're looking at Baltimore saying, you guys are pretty much done, even though we we stand pretty much even. But if I'm John Harbaugh, you know, it's not the same as throwing Ben out there for one more game comparing to protecting your quarterback of the future, Lamar Jackson. I think if your chances are really that slim, you're relying on two games or something, a scenario to make it to the playoffs – I, 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 I don't put him out there. If, if he's going to get sacked again, because you're up against the best uh, the best defense in terms of sacks per game, and right. you're the worst offense in sacks allowed per game, I don't want to injure my guy, especially if, it's, if, if I'm not going to make the playoffs again this year. Why risk that? So I think the Ravens are better off not putting Lamar Jackson out there, but then again, that could lead to a really bad loss with either Tyler Huntley or, or Josh Johnson, whoever they go with on, on Sunday. Right, right. And if you're Patrick McCarry, the right tackle who mm-hmm. did not practice yesterday, who's got a hurt hand. All right, what are you thinking? I'm looking at T.J. Watt, the greatest man killer in the, in the NFL right now, the greatest quarterback slayer, I should say, in the NFL. This guy, I mean – I don't know. If I'm Makari, I'm thinking like, uh, you know. I... Well, who was it? Was it is it Jedrick Wills who's the rookie tackle for the, the Browns? No, that was Hudson. It was the Hudson. right tackle, yeah. I mean, what did Jared Hudson allow? Ooh, he got torched. James yeah. Hudson allowed. I mean, he got he allowed four sacks. Yeah. So what's this kid going to do in Baltimore? You got a hurt hand. You know, it'll be interesting. What's TJ, if TJ can get five sacks on James Hudson against Cleveland – He's going to get six against well, he Baltimore. he got four sacks. That's right. What did I say? Let's say five. Oh, sorry. Just, if he for the four, sake of journalistic integrity, right. you know, we have to maintain our standards. If he got four against Cleveland, he could get five against Baltimore. Jacob, 
You know what Max would say. The standard is the, the standard, standard, young is man. The standard. You are correct. <laughs> okay. Outstanding work, young man. Good to have you one here. One hour down. And one hour down, we're going to come back with the coach. And I hope you keep it right here in the locker room.